being pregnant. Great feeling. It's brilliant. You can't explain, you know, it's a nice feeling anyway. It's just like, uh, like when you're, you know, like threatening misses and that, you know, that really makes you nervous, but otherwise it's great, you know. I wouldn't change it for the world. I think it's marvellous. It's unbelievable. Over 7,000 babies are born at the Coombe Hospital every year. That's 7,000 women who go through nine months of pregnancy, who eventually walk through the swing doors of the labour ward and are wheeled out several hours later with a baby in their arms. After the afterbirth, you still have pains after, you know, the afterbirth pains. I think it's just great. You want to sleep and then you're that much excited, you, can't, you just can't sleep, you know. I know I was down there for hours in the labour ward after I had the baby and... Uh, I wanted to sleep and they would give me tab- sleeping tablets to sleep and they wouldn't walk on me. But now when I went up to the ward I went to sleep and I told everyone. <laughs> it's great it was. It was all over. Oh, it's great. It me eyes out. Really went mad at it. Coming down the corridor, roaring and shouting. What's your I had a boy, it's delighted. It's delighted it was. Even now he's glad, like, you know, that I'm having this one, you know. But I'm more afraid than this one. Are you? Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible afraid than this one because... Getting, you know, threatening to lose it and wondering, like, is, it, is everything going to be all right and will it be born all right? And, you know, I do people every, I do people the wall, you know, since that happened, especially, you know, I'm up the wall worrying about it. I hope everything goes all right anyway. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> a relief. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd be glad when it's born, you know, to know that it's all right, you know. It's more a relief than anything else, you know. While most of the women at the Coombe Antenatal Clinic seem very pleased to be pregnant, I wondered how their husbands reacted to the news. It was the nicest. After nine years, you know, we would be. You know, I've only two girls, you see, so I suppose he's hoping it's a boy. I was delighted. Thrilled. Hi, it's very understanding, yeah. Very understanding. Very helpful too, you know. So should fathers be allowed to attend the birth of their child? But I, I'd like him to be a bit me this time, you know. Because uh, I think it does a man good, especially the Irishmen. Because I don't know. Uh, well, the way they tr- some, I won't say, I'm not talking, you know, but the way some of them treat their wives, you know. Especially, like, wife beating and all that, you know. They should why, be allowed in. Why would that make a difference? It would. If, I don't know, I can't explain it. I think a lot of them men should be allowed to see their wives having babies. If they knew what they went through? If they, if they knew what they went if they only seen, like, you know, what they went, they go through, you know, and the pain and all, they don't know that, they don't. They really, they, they think they know everything. I'm, I'm, my own husband's the same, you know. I'm speaking for my own husband. They don't know, they think they know, but they don't. I think it does a man good as well, you know. Unfortunately, the coom uh, cannot accommodate husbands, which I think is is um, rather unfortunate because I think a husband can give tremendous moral support to his wife when she is in labour. But when the coom was being built, I don't think they had the fathers in mind. I don't think there's any need to put someone else through, like looking at you going through the pain. I mean, you go through it yourself. While some women have a trouble-free pregnancy, others experience sickness and discomfort. And at times, nerves can be a bit frayed. I don't know, I do be in bad humour all the time. I keep fighting and that, you know. Very depressed. I would always know it would be grand. I never have any problems or anything. No sickness or anything. An awful lot of people just have sickness. Yeah, you do. Everywhere you get the morning sickness and all that, you know. What's that like? But, uh, sort of. <laughs> it's, uh, you feel a whole inside tone, you know. And, uh, 
just getting sick. Those women were at the Coombe for their regular visit to the antenatal clinic for expectant mothers. Um, well, the patient are booked in for, you know, they, they make an appointment and they come along, they have their blood pressure weight and urine done, they have a history taken on the first visit and they have bloods taken. On the for, all patients have bloods on the first visit taken. They have different tests done, they're all routine tests. And um, after blood pressure weight and urine, they see the doctor and he interviews them and he goes through the history again and um, anything medically involved in their history or obstetrically is put down their charts. Then they may see their own doctor for so many weeks of their pregnancy or they may attend the comb for the whole, the whole pregnancy, you know, the visits throughout. And um, that's really all that happens on the first visit, you know. Why do they have to get all these tests taken? Well, it's very important for every patient to have uh, routine t uh, checks done when she attends the hospital because the patient can um, have toxemia and not know it herself. This is why it's very important for the patient to come to have a routine checks so that we can detect this if the patient has it. But nowadays it's, very, it's rare because uh, uh, the patient is treated straight away for it and it doesn't lead to anything more serious. We treat the mother, but um, the actual fact we you know, we're looking for anything maybe wrong with the baby as well. Um, so any, any abnormal weight gain, say if the, if, the, if the mother lost weight during pregnancy, we would, um, this might be indicative that things mightn't be so well as far as the baby's concerned, or we'd have to watch it anyway. Well, they come in on the first visit, and um, then they may go under a system we call combined antenatal care, where they see their own GP. And they may not come back then until the 32 weeks if there's no reason for them to do so. If for some reason we think they should attend here all the time, they come every four weeks or, or six weeks up to 32 weeks, then every two weeks up to 36 weeks, and from then on every week up to 40 weeks, which is term. And Do they see the same doctor each time they come? Uh, well, not necessarily. They're on um, a team. A team of doctors look after patients. We have four different teams, A, B, C and D, and there's two consultants attached to that team. Um, a registrar and a house officer and they see, depending on the stage of their pregnancy they see um, a consultant near the end, you know, at every visit and um, not, not necessarily seen by, by uh, diff you know by, um, by a consultant on each visit, but at the end they are It's due on the 6th of October, is that you right? It's not down the 6th, but I think it's before then When you see we have your date, and the date is the 27th of, this, of September. Yeah. But you got pregnant shortly after stopping. I got pregnant on the 26th of December. Of oh, December, yeah. you reckon? I know. <laughs> That's the only time possible, yeah. brother. That would be a bit early, wouldn't it? That's even early, early in the cycle. See, um, you were on those tablets. Yeah. And you got pregnant shortly after stopping, within one or two months. Yeah. Now, this means that for the first few cycles after stopping the pill, your periods mightn't settle down to normal. Yeah. And you could, in theory, be up to three weeks later than we expect. But, you see, the day I stopped, it only happened once. Yeah. And that was the 26th of December. I stopped on the 8th of November, and it was the 26th of December that I became pregnant. And that was the only time ever until I came up to this hospital. So I know right. it's the 26th. All right, all right. We can't I thought I was being with, safe. <laughs> we can't argue with that, can we? No. 
Everything's going all right, first of all. Your wake's okay, the baby's right way up, the head's right down. Right down, is it? I think we can afford to just wait a while anyway yeah. and see who, who's going to be right and right. who's going to be wrong. See you again next week. No more cramps? No, as long as I take the tablets, the cramps keep away. Good. Are you drinking the milk? I am. Is this yours? No. No, <laughs> something like this. Baby's moving all right. Yeah. Have your ankles been swollen at all? No. It's not um, as active as the last baby, and I suppose that's all right. It varies a lot from one baby to the next, yeah, and it gets, gets a little bit quieter towards the end frequently. Yeah. Everything's all right. You're gaining weight, your blood pressure's fine. It's head first. It's a bit high yet. So I think we'll still be another seeing you another little while. Mm. Patients are definitely very nervous coming into hospital. Some patients, it's their first time ever coming into a hospital, and they, it's like everybody else, they have this terrible fear. Um, but I think once they... They see sometimes the same nurse and at each visit and the same group of nurses, the same group of clerical people, and they build up a relationship. And I think in the end, really, it's more a, a social event for some of them. They meet their friends, uh, they sit and have a chat while they're waiting to see the doctor, and uh, they can go for a, co a cup of coffee in the coffee bar. What would you say to, to a woman who was pregnant who was very frightened coming in? What, what would be the things you tell her not to worry about? Well, um... I suppose fear is caused by, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, ignorance really, and if, if things are explained to the woman as she goes along, I, I don't think um, they, they feel as, as afraid. Um, if, you, if, if the patient is worried about anything, if she feels there's something that you know, she doesn't understand, if you explain it, you usually find the patient, uh, you know, accepts it all right and isn't as frightened. Um, other than that, there's not very much you can do. Uh, we have antenatal classes for patients, uh, especially uh, girls expecting their first baby. Uh, they can go to these from the 28th week onwards, and there's about 10 classes in all. They are for um, people having first babies, primary gravidas, who attend uh, from the 30th week pregnancy once a week for eight weeks, and incorporated in that eight weeks, they have another two classes, a film on the birth of a baby and another film on Infocare, Napisan, Napicare and that kind of thing. Uh, during our classes, they are introduced to them by a doctor's lecture. A doctor um, talks to them on general labour and childbirth and abnormalities, cesarean sections, forceps deliveries and that kind of thing. Then the second week, we take over and we give them an introductory talk to the classes explain what they learn in the classes and teach them relaxation. Then they progress to breathing exercises for when they are in labour and the various stages of labour. The first stage of labour, how they might go into labour, when they should come into hospital and what happens to them when they come in. Working through the various stages of labour, we teach them how to push when it comes to the second stage of labour, tell them all about the delivery of the baby or the injections they get. And the last class, we take them up to the labour ward to show them the women in labour and the general outline of the place and introduce them to the staff in the labour ward. Why exactly is it so important for the expectant mother to come to antenatal classes? Well, to eliminate fear, basically, and the, the tension that they have, to teach them to relax and to cope with the labour, which is a help to the labour ward staff. Um, if they tend to be frightened, they tend to tense up the whole body and scream and it prolongs the labour. The more relaxed they are and can cope with the labour by doing the breathing exercises, 
diseases for them and for the staff in the labour ward. Mm-hmm. Now, at this stage, the muscles at the top of the womb are beginning to contract and tighten. All right? Mm-hmm. And you feel this tremendous pressure from up here, the contractions pushing down. You see, the muscles at the top are tightening. They're actually pushing the baby's bottom down. And you feel this. All right? And yet, they haven't quite finished the work of opening up the cervix. Now, if you did push at that stage, what would you do? Tear the cervix. You'd be twice as gruesome as all the next day. You'd have more stitches. All right? So if the nurse tells you not pushing it, all you want to do is push, what would you do? Try and relax. It's pretty difficult. Unless you just use the mask. All right? Well, first of all, before the beginning of the mask, too, what you try and do is anything rather than hold your breath. So if you're holding your breath, what are you in fact doing? Pushing, right? If you are holding your breath, your diaphragm is plunging down on the womb, right? And it is in fact encouraging that downward push. So what you want to do is keep that diaphragm up off the womb so you do anything rather than hold your breath. Even if you start counting numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And what about uh, smoking in pregnancy? Well, smoking is very, very dangerous to the to the baby in while the pa- mother is pregnant. Um, we ask this question of all the mothers when they come for their first visit. Uh, if the patient smokes, uh, she's advised to give up smoking or to cut them down drastically. Because it's like giving, say if the patient smokes 20 cigarettes, it's like giving the baby 20 cir- cigarettes the day it's born and it's caught. Because the nicotine goes straight through to the baby. So it's de- definitely very, very uh, dangerous to both the mother and the baby. What about the amount of exercise a woman should take during pregnancy? Well, there's no limit on this, really. You know, especially in early pregnancy, the mother that's used to um, exercises, swimming, anything, she can uh, go ahead, unless that there's some contraindication, you know, she can always check this with her doctor. Um, towards the end of her pregnancy, uh, having done the antenatal classes, uh, she can practice her relaxation classes, and uh, they are a tremendous help to relax. Pregnancy can be a worrying time, what with the long wait, and the many discomforts that go with it. The greatest worry for most mothers is that something might be wrong with the baby. Abnormalities usually are discovered probably around maybe six or seven months, but the indications are that a woman is bigger than her dates or she's carrying quite a large amount of water or... um, she comes in telling us maybe that she doesn't feel life, she doesn't feel the baby moving. And with all these things, then she's probably sent for a scan. And from the scan, we can be told that um, she has an anencephalic or she has a spina bifida or one of these abnormalities, you know. And then uh, sometimes we, it depends on the patient, but if she asks, and most, pe- most women are... Uh, very up to date now with all these things and they ask you straight away if there is something wrong with the with the baby so we just tell her well there is something maybe that her baby is not growing properly or that there is something wrong with it and it mightn't survive you know this is one way of telling her and preparing her mm-hmm. for this you know yeah. certainly from the point of view of the older patient you'd be much more careful mm-hmm. in other things than you would in a younger patient mm-hmm. you know but in the, I mean, the same care applies to all the patients, only that you are, or if she has quite a lot of children, where she wouldn't have time to rest or maybe not even have good food. Um, this is one of the biggest things, you know, a proper diet. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, you find quite a lot of anemia among the patients. And all they really need is a good square meal every day. Mm -hmm. And there we are, you know, giving them iron tablets and making, asking them if they're taking them. But if you ask them, do they have meat, uh, they might tell you yes once or twice a week. Well, I think that they should have meat and vegetables and fruit and milk. But you find that with the price of meat and vegetables and fruit, they just don't buy them. And I, I think that, you know, should, there should, maybe should be some sort of system where um, a voucher system or whatever uh, for pregnant mothers. Because I think that this is one way of helping them, except especially some cases where they've large families, where the husband is unemployed, um, where they might, even his salary might be only just enough to co- cover their rent and various other things, you know. Adjusting to a pregnant wife and the thought of the pitter-patter of little feet can be a difficult thing for husbands. Pregnancy is a normal thing and should be treated as such, but I think it's more that he should be considered from the point of view of her resting and taking care of herself, you know. But um, usually they're not that irritable, I don't think, you know. But I think that mainly the, the biggest thing is rest more than anything, you know. And uh, probably that she needs a bit of caring around when she's pregnant, you know. Finally, the waiting is over and another kind of waiting begins. They often ring in first to, for reassurance. Some of them have a show, which is a, a sort of a plug of mucus that comes away as the neck of the womb ripens. Others have uh, sort of come in when their waters go and others come in when their, when their contractions start. So it varies considerably as to when a patient really comes into the labour ward. Mm-hmm. The first thing we do is reassure her that uh, anything we are going to do, we'll in- inform her about it first because I think uh, a lot of patients who come in, the fear of the unknown uh, plays a lot on their mind. And uh, by reassuring them and by telling them exactly what we're going to do, they get through their labour a little easier. Uh, We assess them then in the admission room and decide whether they actually are in labour or whether, uh, you know, they can go to the ward for a few hours until labour has established. And at such time we bring them back to the labour ward and let them progress normally. Mm-hmm. Well if you've established that the woman is in fact in labour, what happens then? Well we admit her, we, we get her notes and we know exactly how her pregnancy has gone and um, assuming that everything was normal we treat her as a perfectly normal healthy woman who's going to have a baby and uh, we also have to remember that we're not just dealing with one person we're dealing with two and the unborn baby must be checked extremely carefully right through her labor to make sure that he's not suffering as a result of her labor and that everything is progressing normally so we assess the neck of the womb to see that she's dilating uh, as one would expect and um, we keep an eye on her blood pressure right through and we keep an eye on the baby right through labour. Some patients will be um, attached to a monitor, thus giving uh, us sort of 
uh, an up-to-date, minute-by-minute account of how the baby is, is doing in labour. Most women who come into the labour ward and who have never, uh, who have been listening to their grandmothers and their, their mother's stories as to what went on in days gone by, really scares them to such an extent that they're in a panic stage by the time they come into us. And the women that have gone to the classes know exactly what to expect. They're actually brought up to the labour ward and shown around and they realise that the day of women screaming in the labour ward is, is over. Up in the ward, the women were in various stages of labour. Were they frightened? I was very nervous because it's my first baby being induced before I'd gone, sort of on the day and before time. So, but I needn't have been, really. Why, why needn't you have been? Was it not as bad as you thought? Oh, no, I mean, sort of, I was more terrified of, of having... Um, you know, the sort of water's broken and all that sort of thing, but it's, it's, it's when you read it in books, it's much worse. Yeah. Not nervous at the pain, just as long as everything will be all right, you know, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. You never do. I don't mind the pain, you know, but just say the baby's all right, because it'd be desperate to go through it all nine months and then through labour then. Or something to happen, you know. But right enough now. If there was that wrong, they'd never let you know. Because it'll make yourself worse, you know. But otherwise, it It used to frighten me about when your baby is born, about baby not crying immediately. That happened to me on the last little fella. I got kind of uh, worried and I started crying. I thought something was after happening to her. But now my first little one, she did. She cried the minute she was born. But he didn't. Yeah, it takes the man to make things difficult yeah. for you. Oh, you can say that again. <laughs> they always do. <laughs> uh, but if you didn't want to have a baby, I mean, you don't have to. There's plenty of things now to stop you from having children. Mm. I mean, it's no use playing just husband, is it? But, I mean, he should be allowed to see. Would you like to have your husband in with you? No. Not at the bird. For a while, yeah. Until the pains got very strong, you know. But I wouldn't like to have him at the bird. Why not? No. I, it's bad enough with the nurses and the doctors. You don't have your husband sitting beside you. You know? No, I wouldn't really. I'd say it'd be more of a, it'd be more of a nuisance. Are getting pains at the moment? Yes. Not, um... Not very strong, just mild pains so far. Well, not even pains as such, more discomfort. Mm. And if, if the pains got very bad, do you think, would you take an injection or take the gas, or would you prefer not to? Uh, I'd prefer not to, really. I'd sort of, on my own work. But um, if, the, if they did reach such a stage that, you know, I couldn't bear them, then I would, yes. Well, there's a constant pain. I have a constant pain with that. It's not, not too bad, though. And you get the pains then in the front. Mm-hmm. Is it just in your front now? Just here. Well, I've pain across my back. You've got uh, pressure in the back, is it? It's like breaking. Your back is yeah. breaking, kind yeah. of. Yeah. They're beginning I, to ease now yeah. a little bit, yeah. I just get the pains kind of here. Just across there. And then they tighten up. Yeah. And it's not so tight now, it's easing off now. Mm-hmm. Just about disappearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no. Go. <laughs> what are you going to do now? Just going to listen for the baby's heart. Well, why do you have to listen? Well, we have to make sure that 
when she has a contraction, it can cause some distress to the baby and um, therefore cause the baby's heart to drop. And if that happens, it means that we'll have to get the baby out of there as quickly as we possibly can so that it doesn't cause a death. What happens if, as I know it does happen in some cases, a woman still does get to a stage where she suffers a lot of pain? We give them uh, as much sedation as is safe and as the patient needs it. As long as you can sort of go with the contraction, you're okay. But uh, this time I'll have to see. <laughs> they say that, that the breathing, it's more that it takes your mind off the pain than that it actually eases it. Is, is that true? Um, if you can concentrate on breathing, yes. Because then you, you sort of, your whole mind, you're sort of, if you imagine yourself as a big machine just breathing, then I, I think you sort of, you don't feel the pain as much. The breathing exercise helps to keep the pain pushed a bit. I don't really know exactly because I didn't go to the classes, which I should have. Yeah. But it's only the nurses listen to the nurses. And it helps to keep the pain, you know, like walks the pain, you know. What do you do? How do you breathe? Breathe through your nose and then out through your mouth. And then it kind of brings the pain heavier, you know. But it's using it, you know. Yeah. It's not wasting it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I feel feel great, you know. Yeah, because yeah, it's no use getting panicky. I mean, it's only upsetting yourself and then it makes it worse. This kind of holds back the bird. And then the nurse is going to have to do enough for to listen to you at all. Oh, no, they don't. They never complain, you know. But still, it's better for yourself if you just keep. Not saying that I'll be very good when it comes near the end, you know. I might start rolling myself. <laughs> but it's worth it in the end. Do you think so? Oh, yeah. When you see the baby, it is, especially when you see the little face. It does be worth it, you know? How did you feel, how did you feel when you saw, say, your first baby now, when you saw the face? Little baby? Oh, I, I didn't know whether to cry or laugh. And so all I wanted to do was get out and just show it to my husband. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. And I just wanted to have her beside me all the time. It's a great feeling. You don't know whether to laugh, cry, or, or jump. <laughs> but it is, it's lovely. It is a lovely thing to see, you know. To say, well, you have to bring that baby into the world yourself, you know. So, just a slight one, you know. It's a big one. That's really That's a big one. Mm. They're beginning to get stronger now. What kind of a pain is it? It's um, it's like as if your whole stomach is going to bust. It tightens, you know. And then you, you don't know where it's used. It's used from your back around to your stomach. You can't really describe them, you know. But you can feel your whole stomach tightening up. And you feel as if the baby's going to bust out through your stomach. Well, we have examined the patients right through their labour and we make sure that the neck of the womb is opening up as we would expect. And when full dilatation occurs, the woman is in the second stage of labour and it's time for her to push 
So we, we get her pushing and we show her how to push and depending on how, how good she is at pushing, the second stage will last for five minutes or an hour. And so to the delivery room. For the mother, it is the very moment she has been waiting for and is one which is unique. For the labour ward staff, however, this is only one in up to 20 deliveries they will handle in a normal day. Already, two babies delivered earlier in the afternoon were not so peacefully lying in cots in the delivery room, as you can hear. Oh, never again. I say that every time. Do you? I'll come back to the television cameras the next oh. time now. Did you all this is Christmas? I slipped up. <laughs> I should say he slipped up at Christmas. Got me soft. <laughs> Easy just to laugh. Now you just breathe the mask away there, look. That's the good girl. That's it. You won't be too long now. I'd say be ready after this pain. That's the good girl. Breathe in and out for me. Good girl, Mina. Good girl. Breathe away. That's the great lass. That's the good girl. Breathe away. I want to be pushing. I know. Oh. And I want you to give a good long push now for next time. Right. Oh, look at how we go through for them babies and dreams. They are worth it. Oh, yeah, the two I have I, at home. They're worth going through ten times this much. You better give me that injection when I'm finished. Knock me out to sleep. <laughs> Five and six pounds. Jesus, you are big enough, don't tell me that much. Yeah. Oh, don't worry. So this might be a little bit bigger, all right. Well, I got the scan stage that it was. Mm-hmm. For twins. For twins. Oh. Here it goes. Right. Give a press into the bottom now. Close lips and push the baby for it now. Hold on to the backs of the legs here for me now, Lena. Oh, Come on. Big breath and a long push for me now, cut into the tail. Push into your bottom, that's the good girl. Good girl. That's the good girl. And again now, big breath and a long push. Push the baby first, that's the good girl, Delina. And once more, look. Close the lips and push the baby. Good girl. Keep the push coming now. You can just see baby's head here now, Delina. And once more, close the lips and push head down. Head. That's the good girl. That's the good girl, okay. Take a wee rest now, the thing has gone. Okay, we've gone, yeah. Is that me, Waters, gone? Waters are gone now. She's usually gone fairly quick after. Not really, quite. Oh. Mm-hmm. Not very long. No, not too bad. In about an hour, aren't you? Five centimetres. This is a bi-con of David Jarrett. Are you? 
Saint Jared and Magella. I can't believe you're on the man with the Magella. Did you? You must be great devotion to them, do you? Yeah. That's just the only one. Now look, press up the legs again for me now and pull out the backs of the I legs I haven't got now. a pain yet, Ella. Oh, I haven't got a pain now. All right, look. Baby. No. 
Our next next pain, baby, will be delivered. Now, Helena, I want you to pant again. Pant, 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 pant. Good girl. Pant. It will be delivered now in a minute. Pant. Up to oh, Jesus. Pant. Oh, there oh, Helena, is have a look here. Oh, no. Helena, tell us what have you got? Hey, the boy. Little boy. You have. Oh. Wow. Oh, the hell. It's like yeah. a... Well, you're a devil, you are, son, David. Oh. Is it all right? Is he all right, girl? He's super loving, lovely. He's grand. Now, son, give a good cry there. Who's that, my fella? Yeah. Take a heart to God. Now, there he is. Oh, God, you see him, a Jimmy little fella. I have a home. Poor William. There he is. Ah, oh, God. No. Hold him there. No, so much. Jeez, thank God it's all over. That's God, it was the hardest I had, you know that? Very good. I'm sweating. Now, love, I want to give you an injection here, if you can just hold baby. Yeah. You better not start like that, brother. You have me in no trouble. Killing the kids. <laughs> no, okay. Ah, oh, God, you hit him. Did he give a good cry, did he now, when he was born? Oh, he did. Yeah. Did you not hear him there? God. Come on, son, wake up there. He's the image. You're very rough for him, nurse. Huh? You're very rough for him. Not at all. There he He's is. He's the image of his father. <laughs> That's the first time I ever got to hold me, baby. No, girls, what are you doing now? We're going to just deliver the afterbirth. Yeah, well, wait, I get a pet. No. Hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm delighted to see Bye again. Monty's perfect. I don't care. Tell you the truth. That's the main thing. I'm not fussy about boys and girls. Oh, but by God, I earned you tonight. Oh, I'm not fighting. <laughs> Wait till I get you home. You're the image of your own You're Yes, the image of your father. Ah, yes. No, I'm oh. waiting for you, love, will I? See what weight he is, because I only always had little farts, but he doesn't look very big to me. Yeah. No, I think he just. Oh, God. He's been a good mother, I say. I say he's about seven and a half. No. Seven pounds, 12 ounces, love. Oh, lovely. That's the biggest day. I ever had, yeah. No. Seven pounds, wait, your granny sees you. Little black hair, yeah. You want me Christmas box, you wear? Yes, you lovely pudgy cheek. Wasn't that wonderful? Oh, so God, I might said to him, don't phone till 12 tonight. I bend down the water. Now, I'm just going to have a look down here. Oh, I'm really, no, I swear, I'm finished. No, I really am finished now tonight. I have two sons and a daughter, and what more could any man want? Jesus, that stuff is singing me. I say, what more could any man want?